0: for our worship team to do that. Hey, we're we're in a series called Life Worth Living, and the the idea is that as you find these components of your life that do give you that passion and excitement. That life isn't just something you live, that you just don't count the days until you die, but it's actually something you embrace. And if you think about Jesus' words about this, kind of our theme verse for this whole series, he spoke specifically about that. He said this about life, this is John chapter 10. Jesus says, the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life, and life to the full. We put that verse up there. Have life and life to the full, life abundantly. In other words, it's not just living, it's really, really living. It's alive. And we've walked through certain components of this idea of life, where we've talked a little bit about doing life with other people, and how that can come alive and give you that boost that you need and give you that fulfillment. We talked about living a life, uh, how we see God and what he requires from us and the good things that we do in our relationship with him. We talked just about the concept of living life for Jesus and how that changes things with that purpose and that excitement. Well, today, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to live the rich life. That's right. I'm talking about finances. Aren't you excited about this? I don't know about you, but this is one of the hardest topics uh, that I have to preach on. It's right up there with preaching on the end times. Uh, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. And the reason is, is because every time that I prepare a message when it comes to finances, all the insecurities, all the mistakes in my life that I have made financially come back in my little videotape that I play in my mind over and over again. You guys still know what videotapes are? LAUGHTER You would have one of those, that would be awesome. It's probably vintage, right? So these play back in my mind, I can tell you stories about the one call we received to say, hey, would you like one week free vacation? All you have to do is listen to an hour and a half presentation and no obligation to buy. Well, we were newly married, very nice, and let's do this. And we got up there, we drove all the way to this place and we prepped ourselves saying, Okay, you say it to me, say no to me, okay, now I'll say no to you, now let's say no together, and we got in there and they said, would you like to buy this? we said, yes, yes, let's do it. (laughs) I don't know, 10 grand later, we lived into this timeshare that just ate us alive financially. I remember the times when I grew up before I got married where I had credit cards and I had a whole deck of them. And I would balance them out. And I would trying to say if I could pay a little bit. One down here, I remember the letter I got once from a credit card company. It was like Christmas. because they said, guess what? We've increased your credit line. <laughs> yes, let's go, right? Let's go. And let me tell you, it was a let's stop and let's pay for all of that. I know this experience, I remember times sitting in seats similar to you, where someone will get up and share about something, and I will be compelled Knowing that I really am rich in my life, I have, I have finances to spare, I don't make a ton of money, but I know that in the great scheme of the world, I am definitely loaded. And I remember hearing someone say, and hearing God communicate to me, you need to give out of your abundance. Abundance asking for more money. Have you ever had a pastor, a conversation with a pastor, and he's asking for more money? I remember my kids used to look at their rest of the kids in the school and say, we are the richest kids in in the whole school. Why? Because every week they take this offering, and my dad gets all the money. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that doesn't happen, guys. I don't touch the money, I don't see the money, it goes from here, it goes some other place, it's safe, secure, I don't see it at all, okay? Just, just feeling that out. Hannah, mm-hmm. Rebecca, Joshua, I don't get the money, okay? <laughs> at least not directly, right? It's, I guess I do get paid for it, anyway. You see the tension. And on the other side, we also face the other side of tension because we have many, many people that come to our church asking for money. We are asking for money. And you can see inside of that a different kind of evil. It's not greed. It's not envy. But it's manipulation and lies. And trying to convince them that, hey, hey, I've made some really bad financial decisions in my life, and and I need to convince you to give me some of your money. And I feel bad not being able to help everyone. That's kind of my heart. But I know that I need to be wise with that. And then I, when I say no, they make me feel bad. They pour on the manipulation. They pour on the story. And I share other ideas with other pastors. And they tell you, oh, don't tell you. Well, we, we know those people too. They come by our church and it's the same stories. And you, you see all kinds of evil. Guys, this isn't life. This is not the life God Wants us to live when it comes to the expression of life. So, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of set up a little bit of a comparison between the ideas of getting rich, and then what he's going to share later in verse 17. We can skip down to that if you want, Jason. Skip down to, to verse 17. He's going to share this idea of being rich, getting rich, and being rich. This is what he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, and here's our phrase, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share in this way. Here's our our verse that we read earlier. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take a hold of the life that is truly life. How do you get it? How do you find that life? He says simply, it's in, it's in being generous, being rich in good deeds, and willing to share. That needs to be the expression of how you approach money. So i got a couple questions for you. A couple questions about how you uh, are with this idea of getting rich. Here's some questions. We have these, they uh, pop up on the screen. One, do I consume all or more than I possess? Do I consume all or more than I possess? Do I live beyond my means? Some of you probably need to figure out what your means are. That's a great way to approach money. Find out how much you're making, find out how much you're spending, find out how much how much are wants versus needs, and come up with a budget accordingly. But if you are spending, if you're consuming all or more than you have, then you're approaching this idea of getting rich. Money is starting to control you. Money is starting to overtake you. And the roots of all kinds of evil will come up inside you do afford <laughs> under the guise of saving. This is so tough in our culture because I know it's important for it. I'm gonna speak a little more about the importance of saving, the importance of especially saving for an emergency fund in your, in your uh, finances so that you can approach emergencies. Who here has ever had a financial emergency? Who here, who here thinks they'll have another one sometime in their life or you think they're done with it? Yeah, you will. So approaching that, being aware of that so you're not tempted to enter into some uh, debt that you can't control on the other end of that. But we also have this idea of hoarding under the guise of saving. I'm just preparing for the future. I'm just preparing for the future. I just want more and more and more because I don't know what's gonna happen. And the temptation there is to feed your dream instead of living out the sharing and the generosity that God wants you to do in your approach to money. Am I content with what, what I have or do I want more? Greed. Do I manipulate, lie, cut corners, or devalue people in order to gain more? Evil. Roots of all kind of evil. Do I justify my greed? Do I say, ah, it's okay. It's okay. It's the American dream to work hard and to make money, even if the relationships in my life have to suffer. It's okay. Anyone here feeling like I might be stepping on your toes? You can be honest. Anyone here saying, I've heard this before, Pastor. (laughs) it ain't going to change me. Well, I'm with you too, right? I want to hear some positives. What can we do to get better at this? Let me talk to you a little bit about how you might want to live out an expression of not just getting rich, but being rich. Being rich. And here's the next couple statements that I want you to wrestle with. Let me put those up. If you want to live a life of contentment, live on less than you make, and give and save the rest. I don't know what you make, it's none of my business, but you should know what you make. And you should know that you should be living inside what you make. If you're living beyond your means, you're not living a life of contentment. So therefore, find a way, enter in. Now this is one of the hardest things that Mary and I have to do. We we, we talk about this all the time. I hate talking about money. Hate it, hate it. likes it just slightly more than I do. And so therefore, she's the one that has to drive the conversation, and I always fight it. I don't wanna talk about budgets, I don't wanna talk about spending, but I know it's so important, and if I don't, I will pay the price later, and not just by making a bad financial mistake, which will probably happen, but I will pay for it later in other kinds of evil that will creep into my life. And so, be important, make a point to live beyond your means. One of the things that we've tried to adopt in our lives is to live on 80% of what we bring in. That our expenses need to match about 80% of what we're bringing in. That gives us the room on the other side for the 20% to give and to and to save and to, and to to be in control, so we're not overextending. extending you, you catch that, it gives us some margin. So you say, that's not possible in my life. Well, find your margin. Look at your expenses and don't live beyond what you're making. Number two, if you want to win with money, then win the battle with greed. If you have to have more, make it be more to give. There's a certain quote that I remember that said that if God increases your finances, you you shouldn't increase Your standard of living should increase your standard of giving. Do you understand? God gives you more for a reason. It's not so that you can have more. It's so that you can give more. And what that does, if nothing else, what that does is it battles and defeats the greed in your life that could really overtake you. You don't want to be known as a miser. You don't want to be known as a greedy person. That's not the life God wants for you, and that's not the reputation that you want. And so you fight that by giving. You fight that by, by making a point to give. And if you want to win, be the best giver in the world. If there's a certain competition, you want to be the richest person on your block, how about being the biggest giver on your block? Win at that if you're going to win at anything. Right? Number three, if you want to accumulate, accumulate experiences experiences of good deeds and love. Share that on Facebook. Share that on Twitter. Share that in your stories around the water cooler at work. Don't talk about how your vacation was awesome and how you spent money. Talk about what you did on your vacation and how you spent time with your family. Talk about how you spent money to help people and to give away. Share those experiences instead of boasting about what you have. That safeguards you from this idea of greed. If you wanna be wealthy, be wealthy in relationships, especially, especially mentoring. Guys, let me tell you, some of you spend all your time making money, you don't have any margin in your life for relationships. Some of you will need to say, money isn't important, the relationships has to be important in my life. Even if I need to say no to this expression in order to give this time, for money. We see our lives as a way to trade time for money. Guys, let me tell you, you should trade time in relationships. It's far more rewarding. Far more life. So, how do we live this out? Let me give you just a little bit of an expression of how there's four things that I think you can kind of buy into, and then I'm gonna share a a, a, a kind of an interesting quote from you, and if we have time, I'm gonna blow it all up and show you something that I struggled with all week long. Deal? All right, let's do You guys don't have a choice anyway. What am I about? All right. So here, here's here's four things that I think you need to grab a hold of. Okay, these aren't gonna be on the screen, so if you want to write them down, actually, if you if you get out your card right now, there's a card there that says one, my one thing. On the on the flip side, it's got some giving opportunities for our church. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But if you want to grab that out, write some of these down. That's gonna be a great thing to do. One. Know what you make and tell your money where to go. Money shouldn't tell you where it's going. You should tell it where it's going. Know what you make. Get on a budget and tell your money where to go. Some of you are saying, "Listen, I've got some huge, huge debt in my life, and if I had anything, I would be really would be great to pay that debt off." We used to play a. a, a uh, a game called Bargain Hunter, which was a shopping board game as a kid, and it came with its own credit card machine. It went cha-ching, 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 and then as you would go around the board and move and get everything on your shopping list, you we were cha-ching, ching and there was this one card, kind of like this, uh, kind of like a chance card in Monopoly, that said your rich uncle paid off all your debts. And that was like our goal. My sister and brother and I, would play this game, is we would just charge everything and then wait for the rich uncle. The rich uncle ain't coming, okay? I can tell you, if that's your motto in life, don't do it, okay? The rich uncle ain't coming. He ain't paying, so find a way to get on debt. If you need help with this, I'm not the person to ask. I will find you the people to ask. You can approach us. We'd love to have you experience life in this. If you are uh, drowning in debt, And that is something you don't know how to get out of. We have got some very experienced, finance people I know that would love to help you and be honest with you and point you in the right direction. Reach out to us, we'd love to help you in that, okay? So that's number one, know what you make, tell your money where to go. Number two, budget. Budget and stick to it. You probably should be redoing your, uh, observing your budget, talking about your budget, at least once a month. Number three, build an emergency fund. I just talked about that, right? Will you have an emergency? Yes, you will. Build an emergency fund. Usually to start with, if you don't have any emergency fund, a good round number to start with is about $1,000. $1,000 dollars will cover all emergencies, but it will cover most emergencies. And then you can build on uh, over that as it goes. Number uh, Number four is I would say stop using credit cards. Credit cards have two major problems. One, the interest rate will eat you alive. Speak have got experience in that. But also, it tempts you to live beyond your means. <coughs> you see that? It tempts you to live more than what you have. And that doesn't feed the contentment that God wants you to have. John Wesley said this. He said this. I've got that quote, Jason. Um, he said, to make as much as you can, save as much as you can, and give as much as you can. Make as much as you can. Give as much as you can. Say as much as you can. Give as much as you can. Do you know, he was one of the most wealthiest pastors in England. And he had accumulated a lot of resources in his life because he was a little bit of a a, a, a miser. He liked to spend. He liked to keep, keep, keep. He liked to save all he can. Do you know when he died, he had no inheritance to leave his children. He gave it all. That's a great motto to have. See what you can do to make all that you can, to save all that you can, and to give all you can. I think there's some truth in living that way. Everyone with me? You good? What do I got to blow everything up with? I got four minutes. This is going to be awesome. You guys ready? So, um, most pastors aren't going to tell you this. Um, But... uh, I think I, I think I will um, I don't I don't want you guys to tie anymore some of you are like sweet okay I want you to give but I don't want you to have the compulsion and the requirement to feel like you need to tie and the reason I say that is a little bit of a history lesson. Okay, so, so back in the Old Testament, they had tithes. Who here has ever heard of a tithe before? What does tithe mean? Tithe means ten percent. Who's ever been to a church and they said that you need to give ten percent of your income to the church? Okay, all right. Um, uh, judging by the statistics, you give about four and a half. Okay, so um, obviously we're not doing that. So we feel this idea. You hear this sermon about it. Okay? Well, let me tell you, in the Old Testament, um, that well, that tithe wasn't wasn't supposed to be on money. It was, on, it was on land and crops. We like to say it's with money, but there's a whole other reason why that happened. If you fast forward from the Old Testament to Jesus, and what did Jesus say about money? If I could sum it all up, money is super important, but it's more important about where your heart is when it comes to money. It's not about how much you have. It's not about how much you give. It's about where your heart is. Money is a reflection of your heart. Very important. No, the church started in the, in the book of Acts, and, and as the church started to gather, they brought back the tithe, right? No, they didn't, actually. They didn't, they didn't require their people to give 10%. You know what they required their people to give? 100%. That's what I'm saying. From now on, the tithe is 100%, guys. That's what I'm... No, I'm kidding. Some of you guys just fainted. No, that's what they did. We, have those, we put the, the Acts verses up. Listen, look at this verse real quick. Look at this verse real quick. Next one, next one. All the believers were one heart and mind. No one claimed that any one of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. So, so if I'm going to give you a percentage, scripturally, based on the New Testament, based on the, the Church of Jesus, then the requirement is what? 100%, guys. This, this is an important model. Okay? It's an important concept for you to get. Your money is not your own. It is God's. It's 100% God's. That's what they did. That's why they did that. It wasn't so that they, they started some weird kind of uh, scheme where they ever pulled their, their resources and then it was a, a pyramid scheme where the people on the top got some and they trickled down. No, it wasn't that at all. It was their model to meet the needs based on where they are. But the concept is still true today that God wants 100% of your heart, of your life, of your marriage, of your family, of your money, and of that at all. Now, fast forward to, to probably the most formative verse for me when it comes to giving, and that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says this to his church in Corinth. He says, each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We should walk you through this verse. This is the verse that I'm going to ask you guys as Jesus followers, as members of the Centre Methodist Church, as people who are walking in the face of Jesus, who are connected with our church, each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Now, some of you need to decide. Some of you need to find out what you can give. Some of you need to look in your budget and find out what you can give. Err on the the, uh, the side of generosity. The side of sharing. The side of good deeds, right? Err on that. But each one of you need to decide. Each one of you need to get on a budget and decide where your finances are and live that way. Then, give. Give, but not reluctantly, and not under compulsion. So in other words, you can give what you can give. You will face no compulsion for us. You will face no requirement for us. I'm not going to look up what your giving record is and then try to Google what your medium income is and compare it and see if it's under 10% or not, and then write you a letter and say, oh, sorry, I'm not doing that. I don't want you to feel any compulsion to give because this is a heart issue. And if you feel compulsion to give, you feel reluctancy to give, guess what that's going to do? It's going to attack your heart. I would much rather have your heart than your money. And so would God. But they're connected. And you can't have both. But let me tell you, they are connected. So win with the heart and your money will follow. Okay? Sometimes you need to, to force your money to follow your heart, make some changes, get on a budget, give it away, don't hoard anymore, all that's good, but that unlocks this idea of cheerful giving. All right. Now, now let me share one string with you. Babe, come on. Up. One thing with you. Can we put the, the image up? You guys got this in your, um, on the backside of your card. Giving to the church was always a component and an expression of Jesus followers. Now the church is imperfect. We just went through a whole series saying what is the church and what is the church. And let me tell you guys, there is so many problems in every single church because there are so many people in churches. But it is still God's way of bringing out his gospel for the world. I believe that wholeheartedly. So always an expression of giving happened within the local church. You can read it through the book of Acts, now they uh, the tithing didn't come back in until the, the Catholic church adopted it in about 700 AD. Tithing didn't come back in, they tried to bring it in in 580, they tried to bring it in in 200 uh, AD to get more money. I'm not saying, it's for, let's keep the tithing model out. Give, you decide in your heart what to give. Here are four different ways that you can give. These are the ways that you need to decide with our church how you would like to support us and and to give towards our church. One, you can give in person. Who here loves giving in person? It's a great thing. Who here loves writing checks? I haven't written a check in years. I don't even know if I know how to do it anymore. But some people, this is the way you give. Praise the Lord. We have that option here. We've got giving envelopes that you can find in there. If you want more of those, if that's your expression of giving, let us find you a way to do that. We are so grateful grateful, grateful to all the people that give regularly to this church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can give online. Who here has ever given online before? It can happen. It's an easy thing. We can set you up for this if you have any questions, and you can find a way to just get on. You can go to our website, and there's a giving category right there. You press on that. You put in your bank information, or you put in your credit card information, and you can give right online. Debit card information, whatever, right online, and make a gift. You can even designate where that gift goes. Number three, you can text to give. Who here has ever sent a text before? Who has ever received a text before? Okay, two of you? Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I'll text you guys later. And uh, uh, you can text to give. You text to this number, and you give all the prompts. All you do is text uh, give, the word G-I-V-E, to that number, and it will send you a link back with all the prompts you need to give. Your one-time gifts, or you can set it up later, which is the next one, which is an automated giving, which is what Mary and do. Mary and I are setting up on automated giving. we work it out with our, with our debit card through the website where they give the same amount every month. We can count on it. The reason we do that is because we're very forgetful. Everything in our payment schedule is automated. If not, we miss it. So we set it up and that's what works for us. And then we give personally in addition to that in addition to what we give regularly there. That's what works for us. Okay, guys, I know this is hard. But my encouragement to you is that you find the life you need when it comes to riches. I've seen too many marriages. I've seen too many churches. I've seen too many lives. I've seen too many kids destroyed over the love of money. It's not life that the love of love produces. But, if we could unlock generosity, if we could unlock sharing, if we could unlock those components as expressions of our finances from our heart, there's life there. There's life there. I can tell you guys out of experience, there is life there. That's what I want for you. That's what I want. Why not you stand here? Father, we love you, we thank you to us as we as we follow you lord father i pray for the individuals today who are wondering through okay so, so what do i do or that you would continue to encourage them love them help them lord make sure you, that you communicate and that we will communicate all the grace and mercy that's needed Father, i pray for the individuals today who are who are struggling financially who are feeling the <coughs> weight and the pain Father, I pray that you would give them peace in this moment to take that next step towards life. And Father, if you need to put them in in contact with someone with some some plan, put them in contact with some some idea of how they can do that, Father, uh, then Father, we would love to be a part of that. But but Father, just encourage them. Encourage them that they don't have to live like this, that this isn't the definition of their life, that you want more from them. Encourage them. Father, we ask that you would bless both this church and the people of this church financially. Not, Father, because we want more, but we want to give more. We want to glorify you. And so, Father, if you bless us, we will be diligent to give it away. Give it away. To give it away for your glory. Father, we pray all of us in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thanks for staying a little longer. You guys are going to find us out. That's good. All right. Receive the blessing as you go. Father, bless these your people with your love and mercy and strength and courage. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great week, guys. Let us pray. We're here for